This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. Hallelujah. It says, For a light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us an, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse 18. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. Can we read that together? But the things which are not seen. Alright, I want us to read this together loud. Want to go. Why we look not at the things that are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. Amen. It says, why we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. So he now went on to explain those two phrases. He says, the things that are seen are temporal, which means they are subject to time. That's what it means. They, are, they, are, they exist in the three-dimensional world. They are temporal. So he said, the things that are not seen, they are eternal. Which means they are spiritual. They do, not, they do not exist or conform to time or this temporal world. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? So he's saying, why we look not... So he's, he's telling us there is something we should be looking at, right? What did he say we should be looking at? Okay. Now let's break it down. Simple question. How do I look at something that is not I can't see? Abi? He says, why we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen? Is that not a contradiction? That sounds like a contradiction to me. He says, I should not look at what I can see. I should look at what I cannot see. Uh-uh. Because the things that are seen are temporal. They are physical, subject to time. But the things that are not seen are eternal. But the things that are subject to time are the things that I can see. But the scripture is saying that's not what I should be looking at. <laughs> we agree that it is easier to look at what is physical. Am I, am I correct? Excuse me, I can see Brassamia is wearing black on black. I don't need any special... So, we're supposed to look at the things that cannot be seen. But it's easier to look at things that are seen. Now let's look at why it is easier to look at things that are seen before I go on, so that we can have a background. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. Genesis 3, 6 and 7. Are we there? Alright. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did it, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did it. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sealed fig leaves together, and made themselves apron. Can we go back to the, to the previous verse? I just want to show something. So, it says, the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Which sense is this? Eh? So, 
she saw that it was good for food. So sight, taste, right? That it was pleasant to the alright, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. And the Bible says she ate it and she gave her husband to eat it. And something happened, next verse. And the eyes of them both were opened. Were they blind before? Simple question. Were they blind? Their physical eyes were always there, right? But the Bible says their, their eyes was, were opened. Which eyes? No, it's not their spiritual eyes. Somebody can, can somebody help me? What happened? Okay, so it was not that their spiritual eyes were opened. It was that their spiritual eyes became closed. Now listen to me. Their spiritual eyes became closed. So they were left with the level of sense that is three-dimensional. So their focus dropped from the spiritual, dropped from the God-likeness to the temporal realm. So now that they could not see and experience and relate with God at that realm, they could only see what is temporal. So all of a sudden they discovered that. Uh, so they were so much in operation in the spiritual dimension that the nakedness of their body was inconsequential. I, are you listening? So when they fell and disobeyed, what happened was that there was a closure at one realm and an opening at another realm. That's why it's so easy for us to operate at the physical realm. That's why it's easy for you to pay attention to the sickness in your body than to the word of God. That's why it's easier for you to see what is going wrong that, than what God has said. Are you listening? So this is why it's easier to look at the things that are temporal. So it is natural. The natural man, that is the natural man's op mode of operation. To operate from the three-dimensional world. To use is of five senses to make decisions and understand things. So what he feels, what he sees, what he hears from the three dimension is what he experiences. But Christians are not just natural, we are supernatural. Can I say that again? I said Christians are not just natural, we are supernatural. The day you gave your life to Jesus, you changed location. So the same way their, their eyes were closed and opened in, you know, let me, let me put it in this way, in the, in the wrong realm. The day you gave your life to Jesus, there was a translocation. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you gave your life to Jesus and you received that life that is called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your location is not different. You are now supernatural. The Bible says we are partakers of the divine nature part takers to take your part in something that way it means simple english you are a part taker of the divine nature you are di you are divine you are part of the divinity i didn't say it. the scripture said it are you listening so now you also are able to by yourself not pay attention to the things that are temporal you can choose to not pay attention to the things that are temporal why because you have the capacity to hallelujah Am I making any sense? When Adam and Eve sinned, their vision dropped from the supernatural to the natural. Amen. They began to operate by only what they could see and feel and sense. 
So, when the Bible looks at you, the Bible says, Blossom, because you are supernatural, therefore, you walk by faith, not by... I will say that again. I walk by faith. In other words, the man that walks by faith is not walking by sight. That's the meaning. You cannot walk by sight and walk by faith at the same time. So if I'm walking by faith, I am obviously not walking by sight. Hallelujah. And only believers can walk by faith anyway. So you are supernatural. And the Bible says you therefore then walk by faith, not by sight. That's uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. So therefore, I wrote here that the man that will walk by faith cannot be ruled by his natural senses. If you walk by faith, you cannot be ruled by your natural senses. They don't go hand in hand. That is why God can tell you something that sounds logically stupid until the result comes. Are you following? So, God gives you a word. In your normal natural understanding, you can't decode it to make sense in the scope of what is happening around you at that time. I think I've said it here before that when my wife was pregnant of our baby, the word God gave at first it didn't make sense to me. It, I was one that I gave it to, but it didn't make sense to me in my natural mind. But I've learned enough to just stick to the word like that, whether I understand it first or not. So he said it's going to come in the force of peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Number one, when we were in school, we said that statement so much that it sounded cliche to me. Like, Holy Spirit, you don't have any other strong word. I'm telling you the truth. Like, you know when you are used to something? No, I was expecting something, nothing missing, nothing broken. It didn't make sense to me, but we put in our confession and we began to say it. Until the day it was supposed to come out and um, it was talk. So they said that he um, was coming out and it showed that God jammed. So he was there and he lost oxygen for more than an hour. And so when he came out, the doctor actually invented that to yank him out. So his shoulder nerve became damaged. So he had what they call herbs paralysis. And then because of the lack of oxygen to his brain for so long, they were told that if he comes out of that um, coma or whatever it was, that it might not be normal, you know, you know, you know, that kind of the word not makes sense. <laughs> nothing missing, nothing broken. I said, Lord, nothing missing. So his mind must be sound. Nothing broken. His hand was in the Do you understand now? So a man that will walk by faith cannot walk by his natural senses. That's all the story I said. That's what it's for. So God will say something and you wouldn't get the scope of what he's saying at first. It doesn't matter. That is why I don't argue with the people that don't have the Bible as the basis of their living. We don't have anything in common. That's the truth. Because for me, the scripture is key. The scripture is my pivot. If it's not your pivot, we have nothing to argue about. We have nothing to discuss. If, apart from normal, you know, normal talk. So that if you don't have the word as the basis of your life, for me, oh, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about for me. Then we don't have much to talk about. It has been like that since I got born again. Because something shifted. 
and I discovered that there are other people in the location that I stay to. They are called brethren. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's why I think Pastor has said it many times. You are born again, and your best friend is born again. How did that happen? Uh, yeah, and I just hit somebody. Your best friend is not born again. You are in two different look. How are you doing it? I am not understanding, like they say. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why is it important that we see or focus on the unseen things or the invisible? Can anybody answer that? You have an idea. Apart from the fact that we were told to. Don't give me that answer. Why is it important to focus on the invisible, on the unseen things? Anybody want to try? The scripture will tell us. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Are we there? Verse 3. Very common passage. Very common verse. Hebrews 11 verse 3. We are going to read together very loud. Are we ready? One, two, go. That the words were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen. So let's do simple arithmetic. Through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. So you have the words, you have the word of God. So he says, so that the things that are seen were not made from the things that appear or that are apparent or that are physical. So, the words, what does it relate to in the second phrase? The things that are seen. Yes, yes now. And the word of God relates to things that are not seen. Does it make sense? He says, through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, what you see was created and will be created from what you don't see. Ah! <laughs> you didn't hear me. What you see, now let me break it down. What you see in your life, what he's saying is that it will be created by what you don't see. Does it make sense why you have to focus on what, what you can't see? Am I making sense? He says, by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God and that the things that are seen were not made from the things that were physical. In other words, things that were not physical created those things. And a simple understanding helps us to see that what this scripture is simply saying is that the unseen things that you need to focus on is what? Come on. Am I making sense? I like teaching like this. It's like a progression. It's so that you can make sense of what is being said and then you can, you know, finish the service, go back to it, and it will still make sense to you. It will not just give you goosebumps here. You can understand it, and then you can follow it, and you can work with it and act on it. I want to ask a question. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, can I have Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1? 
the, the, the earth was without form and void. Then chapter 1, verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, note, the Spirit of God, not the devil, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3. And God said, the Spirit of God was there, moving over the face of the waters. But nothing happened on the God said. Did you notice that? Why am I saying this? You know, it just dropped in my spirit if I go on. Many times we come for service and there is so much anointing and you feel so much of the spirit and you know, you worship, you probably even cried and you fell down. But you didn't get the word. Are you listening to me? Our service, fantastic! Ah! But in fact, and you say all those, you put all those adjectives that you we usually say. You come again next Sunday, another fantastic service. You had no word. So there's a program. So you make sure you get here two hours earlier. And it was wonderful, it was fantastic. You still had no word. And then you're asking, Lord, I've been serving you for five years faithfully. Father, what is happening? And God is wondering. But you never listened. How will something happen when you don't have a word? Am I making sense to somebody? I like to be practical because see, it's easy to come to church and just listen to God's word and just go and let's come back and then pray. Something is not happening and somehow you are not sitting down and saying, why am I not getting results? Why is this thing not happening? So, when we pray, Lord, do this and Lord, do that. Has it not occurred to you that many of the things that you have prayed about never came to pass? Because when you said your own, you left the place. God, when you say his own, you say, God, I'm coming. I want to go to work. Nothing is going to happen. God is only committed to his word. Look at your neighbor. Say, God is only committed to his word. So if you don't have a word, you have nothing to hold God by. You, how will you be able to say, Lord, did you not say? Because he didn't say to you. Or more, most likely you didn't wait to listen. Because he's always talking to us. Hallelujah. So we need to pay attention to the word of God. Because... Everything that you will see in your life will be created by the word. Hallelujah. So how do I see the, this unseen thing? Say we should pay attention to the unseen things. We should see the invisible. How do I see the invisible? Very simple. Since we already know that the invisible is the word of God. Which has the creative force. To make anything happen, right? We already saw that. So how do I see the invisible? Two scriptures. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 13 and verse 15. First Timothy chapter 4 says, Till I come, give attendance to reading, 
to exhortation and to what? To doctrine. Verse 15. Just jump. Meditate on these things. Give thyself only to them that their profiting may do what? So let's go to the other one that we know very well. Joshua 1.8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night, and you may, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. What's the two, two um, joining words here and in the first one that we read? Somebody said, somebody said here, meditate. Let's go back to First Timothy. Let me just show, show us again. First Timothy. Says, like, come give attendance to what? To reading. That was Paul talking to Timothy. Give attendance to reading. And exhortation to doctrine. Says, meditate on these things. Give yourself only to them. And your profiting will appear to all men. So if I want to profit. When we say profit now, we're not just talking about when you put money in business and you know the extra you get on the capital. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about being productive. If I want to be productive in this work of faith, it says I must meditate on the word. That's exactly what God told Joshua. Say this book of the law will not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate. Tell anybody you shall meditate. So, when you look at the root word of meditate, both in Hebrew and in Greek, you would see something a little more than what English would tell you. So, to meditate is not only just to think. To meditate also means to keep whatever you are thinking about rolling in your mind to keep your mind focused on something are you are you following to study in-depthly to speak or shout aloud these are practical things many christians they've heard their pastor say it many times but they never do it how do i know because me too i didn't used to do it and I know a lot of people don't do it. When you get a word from God, what do you do with that word? It's not just to look at the word and put it down. You need to meditate on that word so much till it becomes a lot to you. How do you do that? Simple. Like I said, you think about it. You focus on it consistently. So God has told you, okay, let me give, let, let me just use the example I use. So God told us nothing missing, nothing broken. What did I do? I put it in a confession. Every day we wake up and we speak it. And as we speak it, we pray it and we keep it in our mind. Hallelujah. Every moment I'm looking at Atomi and I'm saying nothing missing, nothing broken. As a matter of fact, I still say it to my baby right till now. Why? Because it's his word. Hallelujah. So whatever happens, I say, God, nothing missing, nothing broken. Are you listening to me? Listen, this is past two years. I'm since picking. But what happens to many of us, we get a word. In less than one week, we are retired. 
So Pastor Chris says, keep saying it. Don't stop talking it. It was not time to rhyme. Hallelujah. Keep saying it. Don't stop talking it. Put your mind only on it. Be consistent. Focus. That's how you get the results. Because as you focus, what will happen is that you begin to receive instruction. That's the part most of us don't get to. And then we say, like some people say, it didn't work. No, you didn't work it. Do you understand the difference? You tell neighbor, if it didn't work, you didn't work it. Hallelujah. Okay, so when I was praying about this service, this scripture came to my mind for someone here. James chapter 4, verse 3. It says, you ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. He said, when I read it, the person who knows him or herself, I don't know whether the person is a female or a male. He said, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your loss. In other words, what you have been requesting of God is absolutely selfish and self-centered. And he says, that's why I've not given it to you. You know yourself. All right. Can we try our hands? One prayer. Just say, Lord, help me pay attention to your word. That's just the prayer. Lord, help me pay attention to your word. 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 Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Touring Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.